Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. This song uh, that kicked off this episode uh, is my brother once again. And, um, you know, as I was listening to different options, it made me think, you know what, this kind of captures how hard it is every day, the daily struggle of us trying to get our kids to be healthy, eat well, move and exercise. On today's episode, we focus on a conversation we have with an 11-year-old boy who has high triglycerides. So on this episode, we focus, we talk to him about, you know, his health, uh, what he wants to do. We talk about how to be healthier, and we spend a lot of time on food. We spend some time on exercise, and I'll just tell you as a parent, I know how hard it is to get our kids to be healthy. And so the best advice I think I can give people, and we talk about this a little bit on the podcast, is we know that our kids are not going to eat healthy all the time, and we have to accept that. We just have to do the best we can to get as much healthy food into their bodies as possible consistently. That usually amounts to one healthy meal a day, plus hopefully some healthy snacks. And our goal is for that healthy meal to have um, some some what we call food diversity. So it does have some vegetables, some fruits, you know, um, beans, anything that we can get their bodies uh, going with healthy food. So that's really, really important. We accept that we have to um, not completely eliminate the bad stuff, but we try and get as much good stuff into the body as we can. We find that for kids to be healthy... The biggest challenge is definitely with food. Um, I think the second challenge is definitely with getting them to move, uh, especially kids that play a lot of video games. So we often have to just get them out and move them, whether we take them shopping somewhere. We know they're going to walk around a lot outside or walk to various places. We're very focused on getting them to walk. We're also very focused on getting them to exercise. So for our kids, it's a minimum that they have to be doing some sort of sports uh, three days a week or more. One of our daughters is competitive gymnast, so she's doing five days a week, two to four hours a day, usually four hours a day unless she's hurt. And our other daughter does volleyball and also does uh, aero gymnastics, tumbling gymnastics. So we tell them, look, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Pick something else, but you're not doing nothing. Uh, and that's really important. And I think, you know, if you have kids that don't exercise at all, super important to figure out how you put an exercise program in place and we talk about it. Sleep is also a real challenge, particularly as you get into middle school or high school. 
And so we're very focused on trying to get our kids to sleep as much as possible. It's really a challenge during the week. On the weekends, our, our kids usually catch up, catch up. I think the experts would say they want the kids to have, you know, sleep every day no matter what and at least eight hours of sleep. But I'll tell you, my kids, my kids don't get that at their age. And, you know, the other thing is that it's really important for parents to take leadership and to try and get their kids to do these things. If we rely on our kids to move, exercise, eat well, they're just not going to do it. They need to be nudged. And so, you know, that means making them accountable, tracking what they're doing, not making excuses for what they eat and, and making excuses and convincing yourself that all this crap that most of these kids eat almost all the time is healthy. Just got to do the best you can to get some other things into their body that are healthy and you know, like if your kids are drinking a lot of soda, maybe you can replace it with something that doesn't have a lot of refined sugar or high fructose corn syrup. You can replace it maybe with a, you know, a juice that uh, doesn't have uh, a lot of bad stuff in it or water. Uh, again, another huge challenge. The most popular thing we probably give our kids for meal um, are a bunch of assorted fruits. We're, we try and get three to five fruits, raw fruits in a bowl in the morning. And then at the end of the day, we often do what we call taco bowl, which has at least five different plants, often brown rice or white rice, avocados, tomatoes, onions, beans, corn, peas, cucumbers, pickles, broccoli, and as many other um, veggies as we can get in. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, this comes uh, on the day before Halloween. Of course, our families give our kids tons of junk food. And historically, we have said that uh, you can keep some of it, but most of it we're going to give to the candy fairy. So we're going to change gears for a second, and we're going to say hi to Charlie and Alex. And how you guys doing? Charlie, let's start hey, with you. Good. So Charlie it was on last week, and he's been on many times, and we talked about Sounds like Charlie and his son, 11-year-old son, Alex, uh, got some blood work done and uh, it came back with some less than desirable results. I don't remember if it was just high triglycerides or was it other things? Charlie, we'll go to you. Triglycerides are the main problem. Were there, did you guys have cholesterol taken too? Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, my understanding is triglycerides equals bad cholesterol. Is that right? LDL, LDL is bad cholesterol. So oh, I don't, okay. I don't remember. Did you send me the blood work? I'd love to see it just because, okay. you know, I have HCL, LDL, and then you do have triglycerides, which are different. Okay. A long time ago, but the, 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 the long and short of it is uh, low, good, high, bad. So why did you both have the blood work taken? Particularly for Alex. Why did Alex have the blood work taken? His mom takes care of most of his health care stuff, but I think that uh, there was a little bit of concern. Alex, make sure that, uh, that, I, that I understand this right here. Uh, mom took you in because uh, there were some questions about your weight. You're uh, on mute. You're mute. Oh, you're off mute. Good. Go ahead, Alex. I don't think that was entirely true. She didn't, uh, take, what? She didn't take me in be, just because of that particular reason. Oh, was it just a checkup? Uh, yeah. And what oh, did the okay. and what are the and Alex? Just, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've known your dad for a long time since high school. He worked. He and I worked together as lifeguards at Silver Lake and Old Settlers Park. And Charlie was uh, the drummer in a band with my brother. All right. I don't you know if you knew that. Let's give you some. Let's give you that context. 
we just had a, a conversation about things that we do when we board when we're bored, and I brought up tying the fly to the piece of hair at the concession stand. Nice. Do you remember that? Uh, barely. I do remember Joe, one of our friends, having a thing that used to keep those lollipops in, like this plastic thing with a big white top, and he would yep. catch he would catch hundreds of bees in that. I remember that. <laughs> that was the biggest screw off job I think I've ever had. Good job. I missed yeah. that job. It, it had its perks. But Alex, back to you for a second. So you went to the doctor for a checkup. And what did the doctor say? Uh, actually, we went there for... Actually, no, we did go there for a wait. I was mixing up two different stories. Okay. No problem. What's the story? Uh, no, it's just about how we, like, exercise and how, me, how I exercise and what I eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the doctor did a little prick and took some blood work, and it came back with sounds like. Do you know what it, what was out of range? Was it just triglycerides? Do you know triglycerides are what I was told? Yeah, I don't yeah. have to his chart yet. I think it was only the triglycerides. Okay, and what grade are you in? Uh, sixth. Sixth grade. Okay, and so what was your reaction to that? And I've talked to your dad a little bit about it, and. What was your reaction and what did the doctor say to you about about that result? I mean, I guess I was, uh, I got pretty aware of it then. Mm-hmm. Did the doctor, what did the doctor recommend to improve it? To, to get your triglycerides lower? Uh, just eating more healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Any talk about exercise or movement or anything like that? Uh, yeah. And do you play any sports? Like, what, what do you what do you like to do? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be doing uh, track in the spring. Great. Have you ever done track before? Uh, no. No. And do you play any sports? You play like baseball or football or basketball or anything like that? Soccer? I used, I used to play softball. Uh-huh. And so what? 2021. Okay. Um, and so what do you... What do you do? Do 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 things for exercise, or what's your typical day like? Uh, for exercise, we usually do either do me and my mom usually do swimming or uh, these like really high stairs. Mm-hmm. How long do you walk up and down the stairs? Where stairs are great, swimming's great. But are you playing? Um, are you playing in a pool? Or are you swimming laps when you're swimming? Uh, swimming laps. You are. So how long would you do that for when you do it? Um, I mean, if I go down one of the, if I, if you go down, uh, one side of the pool, it's a 25. And then if you go back, it's a 50. So I do normally 800. 800. Okay. So how long does that take you usually? Uh, maybe like 15, 30 minutes. Okay. You get your heart rate up. Is it hard for you? Uh, not really. Um, do you like to swim? Yeah. But are you, are you like breathing a little bit heavier than just not, not exercising? Um, I guess a little. Yeah. Do you stop at the wall and take a break or do you do it continuously? Uh, sometimes I do it continuously and sometimes I take a break. Okay. Okay. That's good exercise. And what about the stair climbing? Where do you do that? Uh, at Bradford beach. 
Okay. And uh, like how many, is it 10 stairs, 50 stairs? Is it a lot of stairs? It's cliff climbing. Down? It's cliff climbing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's actually like 90 or something. Oh, do you do? do uh, it's funny. I just did the stair climbing today, which is hard. It has like 115 steps maybe. And I just walk up and down for an hour. Just walking up and down is hard for me. Um, so for you, when you're, do, what do you do? You walk up the 90 stairs and then you stop at the top and take a break. Or do you walk up and down con- continuously? I mean, my mom takes this like route around the thing to help with her legs, but I just take a few breaths, go down, and then I do it again. Do you breathe heavy when you do it? Uh, not really, no. Are you sweating when you do it? Yeah. Yeah? How many days a week do you do the exercise where you swim or you do the stair climbing right now? Uh, I usually do it when I'm with my mom. So we usually do an exercise every day. So normally, like, maybe... like four times a day four times in a in a week and on the weekends we sometimes will sometimes do it so you try you do it most of the days you're with your mom basically yeah okay do you like it uh yeah you don't mind it or you may even like it okay and do you feel like good after you do the exercise or do you feel tired uh yeah i feel good after i do it do you ever feel really tired oh yeah Okay. All right. So that's good. I mean, look, I think if you can do that consistently and Charlie, how many days is, how many, Alex, how many days are you with your dad? A week. Uh, I'm with dad uh, on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and sometimes Friday. Got it. And a little bit of Friday. So if there's a way that Charlie, you guys can put a regime of exercise in, you know, you know, when he's with you of 15 to 30 minutes a day, that'd be good. Yeah, so far it's been uh, walking around, checking out our new neighborhood, but I'm looking for some of the, the bike paths that are close by. That's something we both enjoy doing, too. Yeah, and I think the thing we have to think about, Charlie, is we have to think about, what, you know, what I would characterize as movement which is walking around, which is really important, which is this chart that we talked about. And I want to talk to Alex about that in a second. Uh, You know, the MCS chart where it measures your movement. But then there's absolutely a difference in exercise, which is the elevation of the heart rate. So if you're walking around and scoping things out in your neighborhood, I would call that movement. Great. But you do have to elevate the heart rate, particularly when we start to have, you know, blood work under the hood that isn't as desirable as we want it. We do need to elevate our heart rate. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I think if there's a, regime that you can put in place, whether it's you, you find stairs like Alex does or I do, or you do other things to elevate the heart rate, that's that's important. Agreed. Now, let's talk about food. Alex, what's your typical day of food? Uh, I mean, I usually get a like at, when I'm at my mom's, I get uh, fruit in the morning, uh, and then I get the school lunch. And for dinner, I usually have meat. Oh, hold on one sec. So you have fruit in the morning, and when you're with your mom's, what's in the fruit? What like what's in the bowl? Uh, usually uh, bananas. Just bananas. Uh, sometimes raspberries and strawberries. Do you do cereal with that or oatmeal with that or anything else or just? Uh, I don't. 
Okay. Any I other things good. for breakfast besides that? Uh, I mean, I get like a chocolate protein shake. Mm. Every morning? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then lunch, you have school lunch. And then what do you usually do for dinner? Uh, usually like meat. Mm-hmm. Any vegetables or anything on the side? Uh, sometimes carrots and mashed potatoes. Okay. And how about snacking? Uh, that's mainly stuff like sometimes like chips, mostly. Chocolate? Uh, sometimes. Sodas? Uh, yeah. Juices? Um, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And how about what do you eat when you're with your dad for breakfast and dinner? For breakfast, it's usually uh, toast, fruit, and uh, and milk. Mm-hmm. Dinner? Uh, it's usually random. Like today, we're having uh, burgers. Okay. Okay. And uh, did the doctor make any time comments to you about eating? Uh, not really. So what do you want? What do you want? Knowing that your triglycerides are high, what do you want? Uh, what do you mean? Do you want to get your triglycerides down? Do you want to be healthier? Yeah. Do you feel unhealthy? Not really, no. Do you wear the do you wear a Garmin wristband that I recommended? Uh yeah. Can sometimes. I see it on your wrist? Can you run and get that? That's on your uh, bedside table. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay, that'd be helpful. Charlie, um, I think it's just going to come down to putting a plan in place to move more exercise and trying to eat, eat better, you know, bottom line. It's very hard with kids. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody else on this call wants to talk about that challenge in a second. It's very hard. Let's see it. Okay. Have you been wearing that or not? Uh, no, not really. Do you like it or you don't like it? I mean, I like it. It's just I forgot about it. Yeah, my kids have worn that. I recommended that one. Um, so what we could do is we could put you to get you to wear that for a while. Wear it like pretty much all the time. You can take it off when you take a shower. And then you're just going to have to. Actually, it's waterproof. Yeah, but I usually, what happens is if it gets wet in the shower and then you continue to wear it, sometimes you'll get a rash underneath it. So I, I take mine off for the shower, even though I have one like one like yours that is totally waterproof. Um, it's up to you. You, don't, you Some days you can take it in the shower and, and, and clean it, you know, and just make sure you dry it off before you put it back on and make sure you dry off your wrist before you put it back on. But um, one thing that we one thing that, you know, is can contribute to bad blood work is not moving enough. Right. And so we could put you on that watch, uh, your bracelet, uh, Garmin bracelet for a couple of weeks and we could just gather some data on you. Uh, it will require that you wear it all the time, even to bed. It will measure your sleep and it will require that you sync it to the Garmin Connect app. You have a phone? Uh, yeah. You have your own phone? Yeah. Yeah. It's an Android, I understand. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you there you could. Charlie, I sent you instructions on how to do it. You just go to the Google Play Store. You download my app. 
Okay, so you got to do that. So, look, I think we should start with that, Alex. I think that you we should do a measurement over the next two weeks of your exercise and and and, and your movements. Uh, your watch will measure it all, and then you know we can talk. All right. To the, to the extent that you can eat more healthy and you can have more plants, you know, yep. like with my kids, like in the morning, I give them bananas, grapes, kiwi. I try and give them three to five different fruits in the morning instead of just one. That would be a good thing too. Um, and to the extent that you can eat other fruit or other unprocessed things and vegetables with your hamburger, cheeseburger, whatever, that would be good too. Does that make sense to you, Alex? Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks, Jim. Bye. I'll hang around a bit. All right, great. Emilio, how you doing? Yeah, I, I think so too. It's funny. I'm just about to pick up Miles. It would be interesting to get his take on you know, I, I have a hard time. He, he's really good with the exercise now because he's doing cross country, but um, it's a big challenge uh, to get him to eat well. I think it's an extremely hard challenge yeah. to get kids to yeah. eat well. We all know yeah. my daughters are 15 and 13 now. Yours are the same, 15 and 13? Uh, yeah, 15 and 12. Yep. Yeah, so it's a real challenge and it, and it really requires um, – it requires the parents working hard and making a lot of food. It really almost comes down to like time management. Even if I make a lot of good food for the kids, they may or may not want to eat it. Right. No, that's, that's true. I mean, I think the one inroads we've made is that, you know, Elizabeth, every night we, we get one good meal on them a day. Mm -hmm. We, we, we try and do that. And we try and get the fruit in their body. We try and get plants into them. However we can, you know, that's the measurement. Yep. No, I think it's more important. I think, I guess what we figured out, and I don't know what, you know, I'd love to hear what you think about this, but it's better to try to get the good things in than to try to keep the other stuff out. I 100% agree. Right. And so that's been our strategy. So we do make sure, like, I don't worry that they're getting the nutrition. They are. I just worry more because you can always bargain with that. Right. And <laughs> I think that the, what I worry more is just, it's kind of the incessant, um, you know, snacking and sweets that, that, um, you know, on the longer, it's just about setting habits, right? It's not that I'm worried um, about them in the immediate. It's just that, um, you know, it's not sustainable. It's not. I think their metabolism is probably a little quicker, particularly if they're doing a lot of exercise, you know, when they're younger. Um, but it is harder. And, you know, our goal is exactly the same. We know they're going to eat bad stuff. So let's just try and get as much good stuff in as we can versus them eating bad stuff and not getting any good stuff in, which is majority right. of all human beings at any age in the world. Most of right. most, most, right. most people eat poorly and don't get any good stuff in. You know, it's been interesting right. because, you know, for this challenge, one of the things that uh, so I came up with five categories myself, as you know, and um one of those five categories was number of plants. I think you're participating in the number of plants. And I have really learned a lot um, because I have been, you know, preaching lots of plants for a long time, right? But like when I get hired as a running coach or a triathlon coach, you know, people want that. They don't want me to talk about health and wellness, which my true passion is. I love coaching that, but my true passion is health. 
right? And so right, I'd much right. rather be coaching somebody that's eating well and eating lots of plants because I know it's going to be good for recovery. It's interesting, you as a hundred miler, you know this, and I know this when most of the elites and even when you or when I am going into a, a, a long race, an Ironman, an ultra marathon, something long, even a marathon, but longer stuff for sure, you know, I am definitely going down to like, I'm eating a lot more variety of plants. And I know a lot of the athletes will actually go plant-based, even though they're not plant-based because it's just so good for the body. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that it's funny because a friend of mine just reached out to me a couple of days ago, said I'm running the marathon you know, what do I do the, the, you know, the couple of weeks leading up to it. And, you know, I, I, I talked about how, you know, the conventional wisdom has always been about carving up a little bit, which I think is fine. As long as you, you know, don't, don't take that to me and go eat an extra pizza every day. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's much more about, um, you know, a few things. One is I said, if you eat okay already, I wouldn't even change your diet that much because the, yep. the worst thing that can happen for a big race as you know, Jim, is I say that all the time to people go south of your stomach, right? That's kind of the biggest thing. And, and it, and by the way, in an ultra it's guaranteed, right? That's going to happen no matter what in a marathon, it doesn't have to happen. And I think, you know, so first and foremost, especially as you get close night before morning of forget about whether it's carb, protein, whatever, eat something, your stomach handles well, and don't get too crazy about anything else. I and give that I advice all the time. I give that advice all the time, right? Yeah. So if you're training mm, something, good. you, you got to go with what works, you know? Yeah, and I think the only other thing I would say is, um, you know, you want to, you're, you're thinking about what could potentially be inflammatory. I mean, I think most people, even if they're snacking all the time and eating a lot of carbs, uh, you know, dry carbs, they can probably get a handle on it for at least a week before the marathon. And again, I'm not saying you don't, you know, it's not a great time to go on a carb fast if you haven't been doing that. So I'm not saying to do that, but maybe you're looking at the kind of bread you're eating or, you know, making sure you're not, you know, uh, snacking a lot on chips and the other stuff that's just not going to help your body out leading up to the race. Yeah. I mean, I've had some people do some ultras or try a half Ironmans, Ironmans. And my advice to them is, Hey guys, if I know they're not like following my program of food, they're following their own. That's fine. Is, uh, what's worked for you in other races and where are you at right. right now? And I tell them that's what they should eat. But when we take a step away from the races for a second, not talk about so much ultras and marathons, we just talk about life. You know, I've been very, and which is most of the people I deal with. Right. Um, and most of the people in the challenge, we have 16 people in the challenge. Um, I've been, surprised actually at the, the goal setting for plants. And I would say most people are not eating a lot of plants. I think many people in the challenge probably only eat about five plants a week. You know what I mean? And, and have many, many, many days with zero plants. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that takes its toll after a while. And I think that, you know, many people are just that they, they think it's fine not to eat the plants. And I, you know, that's not the evidence that I've seen. Um, Although there are those people that get lucky and live to 100 and smoke two packs of cigarettes and drink five drinks and, you know, don't eat any plants and and are fine. Right. But it's it's playing the probabilities. Well, well, Jim, I have to say that's definitely my favorite part of the challenge. Um, and I think what's cool about it is, you know, I, I eat a ton of plants, but I tend to go, you know, you tend to go for the same ones. And it's so nice because it's so easy. Right. So I mean, easy. for me, it's just like it's so easy. I'm just like, oh, well, I already had some carrots today. I haven't checked that. And I checked that off the list already. Let me go over here and see what else. Yeah. So I, I've been loving that. 
And uh, I mean, I had a pretty modest goal of, of 10 plants a day and I'm def definitely exceeding that quite a bit. And also not having the same plants every day. So that, that's been uh, that's been really fun and really cool. I love that part of the challenge. Great. Um, hello, Shruti. Hey, Jim. How are you? Good. Good to good to hear you. So we're talking about plants right now, and you know we had I asked people to set a goal either per day or per week. So one per. I'm just going to give you the, the the goals of everybody. So uh, first person set per week, not per day, twelve. Second person set six per day, thirty per week. That's, you know, great. I encourage people to try and get 30 a week. Third person didn't set any, uh, didn't uh, opted out of that category. Fourth one set six per day, 20 per week. Fifth one set four per day, 15 per week. Number six, seven, and eight all passed on the plants. Number nine said 10 a day, 15 a week. 10 said uh, 10 a day, 15 per week. I said 20 a day, 30 per week. We'll talk about mine in a second. Emilio, you set. 10 per day, didn't set per week. Um, others said did not set. Another one said eight per day, 10 per week. Um, another said 10 per week. And another said six per day, 15 per week. Some, and, and some of the people that set these goals are not going to hit them, I think. I think it's going to be that hard for them to hit them. Because a lot of what happens when we're eating a lot of plants is it does come down to a lot of time management. It does come down to having you know, the food around. I'll talk about mine for a second. So like I do that, you know, y'all know I do this, what I call oatmeal plus five plus four. It started out because I took a course from Cornell. They said that if you have more plants together all at once, they interact and you compound the absorption of nutrients into your body when you have at least five or more fruits and vegetables together. So I started out with what I call oatmeal, which is a plant plus five fruits, you know, you use normally like strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, and grapes, maybe, maybe banana. So maybe the oatmeal plus six. And I put a little ground flaxseed on there, but now the way I make it is I keep a lot of frozen fruit in the freezer so I don't waste it and it doesn't spoil and it's picked at the height of freshness. So it's all really healthy. And I buy these mixed bags of fruit and I might have four or five in one bag, three or four in another. I cut in a banana and all of a sudden I'm at like, I, I couldn't believe it, but I was at, I had 17 different plants in my oatmeal the last three days, what I made. Cause I would have a little, of just a few pieces of apple because I keep a lot of cut up apple in the, in the fridge. Right. So I just cut a few pieces in there. I had some dates, I had some banana, I had all these, I had some kiwi, I had all this other stuff around and, and I love it. Right. And so it's just so important to get those plants into your body. And then I have a bowl of fruit that uh, bowl of veggies, which has sweet potatoes, potatoes, avocados, beans, corn, you know, I love mushrooms. I like uh, peppers, you know, three, I get the tricolor peppers from Trader Joe's. Each one of those has different phytonutrients. So that's three more plants. And all of a sudden I got 20 in that bowl too. And, uh, I, I counted the other day and I make a bag of nuts, like raw nuts. And I have cashews and almonds and pine nuts and all these other things. And there were some raisins in there and I was shocked, but I had 60 plants yesterday, 61 plants yesterday, different ones. I think, you know, that's a huge number. Right. And I, and I love it. And it's uh, now, you know, I, I, it's what I eat. So I have to make sure I eat a lot of food, but it's not just about not having a lot of food. So do you consider nuts also in like a separate plant category? For sure. Nuts are a plant. Okay. Fruits, cool. ve fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds for sure. Now you want to have raw nuts and you really want to have them without oil because most of these nut companies, they take the oil, they get the cheapest possible oil and they roast them. They roast the nuts in the cheapest possible oil, which, you know, I have never found myself to feel good 
after eating those. And some people say they could become carcinogenic, who knows, but I've just got myself used to raw and I'll, I'll put in there. I made like, I make these bags. Like I used to make like 10 bags at once. And then I'd put some raw chocolate in there, like hundred percent cocoa uh, from Trader Joe's. Um, you gotta make sure you don't put them in, leave them in the car or put them in the sun because they melt or I put in dates or I put in raisins. It's great. But yes, absolutely. Shruti. And nuts are, nuts are important and you only need a couple handfuls of them. Emilio, do you do nuts every day? Um, I do nuts every day. There are a few things I'd say. One, one is that, um, and I do a variety of nuts every day. It's really, it's really great. Two, two things to work, watch out for. One, the oil is a really big one because, you know, nuts are high calorie uh, to begin with. And I think especially if you're trying to lose weight, maybe you need to, to worry about that a little bit. I don't know. I, I, um, I think they're great. But the oil thing is a real serious problem. And also the salt. I mean, a lot of these come with tons of salt. And so I got to keep an eye on that as well, because I do like salt on the nuts, but you, get, you have to be really careful. But I eat um, a decent amount of pecans, uh, cashews, almonds, uh, walnuts. Um, you know, I, I think, and Jim, you know this, but uh, one of the, the, the best vegan multi-purpose cream sauce you can possibly make is with cashews and no it's doubt. incredible it like it, you you know it's, it's some of the best sauces in any kind of vegan dish i've had are made with the the cashews i love the cashews they're so good you can make them into all kinds of different spreads and yeah look i think the oil is is tough um if you're having peanut butter like you also want to avoid the hydrogenated oils um but uh, the thing is, I think that they often roast these things in oil so that they can stick salt to them because people like them salty. And nobody, I mean, come on, the, the planters, not the planters peanuts are the best tasting thing ever created. But, you know, they have oil, hydrogenated oil often or other things. And it's and it's just it's just not the best thing for the body. So and think, you know what's crazy, Jim, sorry to interrupt, but the, the one the crazy thing I found is I think we've talked about this before is that. You can dry roast almonds yourself uh, pretty easily. You just put them on a big pan in the oven. Yeah, you guys do you, that all the time, right? You put some pepper on there, I remember. You put, put, you put that in a, a blender and it tastes amazing. It's, it's hard to believe there are not more ingredients in it. Yeah, I mean, that's but a great that's, thing. You know, no oil, no, you don't need, you know, you don't need anything in that. Totally. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know. I totally agree. All right. Um, I just wanted to talk about a few of the other goals that I thought were interesting that I heard from people. So, uh, Jim, when you, Jim, what? Yes, sir. We might have lost you there, Emilio. Are you still there? Oh, sorry. I was just going to just say one more comment is uh, the the frozen fruit thing is so huge just in terms of, I mean, you can go out and pretty affordably now get, you know, giant bag of blueberries a giant bag of uh raspberries strawberries and just to your point it allows you to get these things in fresh they don't go bad and uh you know we we do that and that's one my my younger one that's one that jasper just i mean actually it's, it ends up not being affordable for us because jasper will tear through a few bags uh in a in a short amount of time but well, that's great that's like a dream it's a great way it's a great way uh, to be able to consume more stuff that you wouldn't be able to when, you know, the blueberries go bad or that, you know, like you said, you go through them very quickly when they're 
Yeah, so I, I buy a mixed bag of raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries from Trader Joe's. I buy frozen, um, not Trader Joe's, Costco. Um, I buy frozen strawberries from Costco. I buy frozen pineapples from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has a very berry cherry mix that I love that has cherries, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. Now, some people might say, oh, it's not organic. You know what, though? Like, like I try and be organic when I can be organic, but I, I know that if I have that very, very cherry mix and it's not organic, it's much better than me eating like Cheerios or something else. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with it. If it's not organic, I try and get organic, but if it's not, whatever I, I buy mangoes, I'm a huge mangoes fan. Trader Joe's has great frozen bags of mangoes. And then, um, I, and then what I do is I make some oatmeal. I usually have three or four Tupperwares out, plus my current day that I don't put in a Tupperware. I make some oatmeal. I put in each one of the current day's uh, bowl and then a bunch of Tupperwares. And then I put the fruit that I am going to eat in a bowl with water and I warm it up. I defrost it. And the rest of it, I don't warm it up. I just put the frozen fruit right in the Tupperwares. It's great because it does melt a little bit in there and it does, you do get some raspberry juice out of it or blueberry juice or whatever it is. And so you kind of mix it in with your oatmeal at the end of the day, when you take it out of the fridge that you've been storing and it's perfect. So yeah, I, I, I like not wasting also because I found myself when I was buying all the food, I would always waste some of it. I could never keep up, particularly if I go to Costco and buy like a huge thing of, you know, strawberries or bananas, it's very hard for me to keep up. Hey, Jim, quick question. We're, we're starting to go the direction of um, oatmeal and fruit in the morning, like an oatmeal fruit bowl like you have suggested. Yep. What is the, how, how much difference is there between the instant flavored, you know, high fructose stu stuff and uh, really, really cooking real oatmeal? It's a good question. Um, I would say that you want a lot of the instant has added sugar and can have some other bad stuff in it. I've seen it um, in our group chat with the challenge this morning. Somebody said, hey, I just did my oatmeal plus five plus four, I'm paraphrasing, with instant oats. And I instantly said, send a, send a picture of the box with the ingredients. And it turns out those instant oats were just, you know, small oats that cook quickly with nothing else in them. Those are fine. You really, really, really do not want, particularly if you're trying to lose weight, and Emilio's point about the nuts is spot on. If you want to lose weight or maintain a good weight, you don't want to be having the, 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 the oils that are heated up in the nuts. And, and you certainly, certainly want to try and um, avoid some of the sugars that they'll add in the instant oats. So uh, if you get them that nothing else but oats in there, it's fine. Right. I think of it as a fruit bowl with oatmeal, even though I call it oatmeal plus five plus four. If I was to rename it, I'd, I should name it something like fruit plus five plus oatmeal because my oatmeal in the bowl is often only a quarter cup no more than a half a cup right so the preponderance of what's in my bowl is fruit although the oatmeal is really good too it's got a lot of you know it's a grain and, and you need it right so it's great right and the and the ground flaxseed is something i think you really want to do one of the challenge participants is, is traveling and he's he, it turns out he stayed right next to a whole foods and he went and bought a, a bag of ground flaxseed when i travel i carry my ground ground flaxseed because i don't really even like oatmeal without the ground flaxseed anymore i'm just used to the ground flaxseed yeah, Alex likes sesame seeds, and so I think that's probably where we'll start as far as flavoring the oatmeal. Well, I would say that uh, sesame seeds, he's going to get some benefit, but he's going to get a lot of omegas from the ground flaxseed, which is why we pick ground flaxseed. Uh -huh. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of nutrients from the fruit. 
right? So I wouldn't, I don't think that you necessarily have to put the sesame seeds in there as long as you've got a bunch of different fruits uh, to okay. get like nutrients. You could throw it in there if you like it. I throw some sh shaved almonds and some pecans and some cinnamon in there, you know, it, whatever it works. You want to make sure that they're raw sesame seeds though, because there are a lot of roasted sesame seeds out there that I would think would not be good for what he's trying to achieve right now. Okay.